CrossNet offers IT services for small and medium-sized clients. We create tailor-made plans for your business's unique needs. From computer repairs to managing networks, servers and desktop services, CrossNet Inc. offers managed services, cybersecurity, data backups, virus, ransomware protection, web filtering, and more. For more information, go to CrossNetInc.com or call for your personalized IT services today at 603-810-1000. CrossNet Inc. IT services keeps your businesses running when you are on the run. I need to get some new shirts for my business. Just call Sal. Does he do screen printing also? Just call Sal. Does he embroider shirts too? Just call Sal. I also need business cards and brochures. Just call Sal. How about yard and lawn signs? Just call Sal. And promotional products to give my customers? Just call Sal. Who is Sal? I'm Sal. My wife Jennifer and I are the proud owners of Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. If you need embroidered or screen printed shirts, business cards, brochures, lawn signs, promotional products, and even personal protective equipment for your business or organization, just call me or stop by our showroom, conveniently located at 410 South River Road in Bedford, right off the Everett Turnpike. You can also visit our website at fullypromotedsnh.com. That's fullypromotedsnh.com. We are your one-stop shop for all your promotional needs. Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. Our business is to help you grow your business. Just call Sal. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in Southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Next up, you'll be listening to United Way Community Connections with Mike Affelberg. United Way Community Connections. United Way Community Connections broadcasts every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. right here on WSMN. In United Way Community Connections, you will be introduced to leaders from all of the great nonprofits in Greater Nashua. From caring for our children to our seniors. From helping our homeless pets to our at-risk vets. From learning the skills to get your GED to dealing with trauma and substance abuse. Community Connections is the place to learn with Mike Affelberg about what's going on. Learn how you can help and make a difference from the experts. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show, which is making a difference in Greater Nashua. Here's your host, Mike Affelberg. Well, good Monday morning, and welcome to the United Way Community Connections radio show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. Today is Monday, August 7th, 2023. So listen, I hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. I always start out that way. Um, You know, most weekends are fantastic in one way or another, and hopefully you spent years with friends or family or in peaceful, quiet contemplation, enjoying some beautiful weather. Um, I actually had a three-day weekend. I'm so blessed to have had that. My family had planned its uh, annual camping weekend. We went away with our, a whole bunch of us went away actually. It's our friends, the Frenches, some of our oldest, bestest friends um, and their kids um, and their kids' significant others. So that was a crew. And then our, of course, uh, two of us and our daughter and son-in-law and our light of our life, our grandson. 
And then, of course, uh, the other light of our life, our grand puppy, and then our two dogs. And it was quite a, a handful of folks. And uh, we do that every year. So we try to shoot for, you know, August, September to do that. And uh, just went up to Greenfield State Park, you know, a little park just west of Nashua, up, uh, you know, in the, call it the Wilton, Milford, Lineborough, Francistown area, right? So, um, kind of a little out there, you know, cute little state park and, uh, got a couple camping spots and, uh, just hung out. Friday was supposed to be terrible weather. And, uh, I, you know, talking with the crew, I'm like, guys, I don't care. I'm going up rain or shine. I'm going. And so my wife and I headed up Friday morning and it was looking like it was, you know, going to rain, it was going to thunderstorm, there was going to be hail, high winds, you name it, it was going to happen and none of it happened and that was just fantastic. We had a, you know, pretty nice day, a little overcast, but no, no rain, no hail, no thunderstorms, no high winds. And uh, then Saturday and Sunday were, of course, just gorgeous and beautiful days. So I'm hoping your weekend was also blessed in some way that you that you had a chance to do something which was meaningful for you and and uh, kind of got you you know pumped up for the new week. I know I'm pumped up for this week. We have a lot going on at United Way. I'm just going to run you through some of that and then going to tell you about our interviews as well today. So just a little bit for starters about our show. This is the United Way Community Connections radio show. Each week, Monday morning, 9 to 10 a.m., we have the opportunity to interview leaders, nonprofits, organizations, great volunteers, people from Greater Nashua who are working to make Greater Nashua greater. And so this is an org- this is a community which is, you know, comprised of many leaders, and they're working to 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 keep us strong, smart, safe, healthy, and happy. And uh, each week we interview two different organizations or individuals. And by doing so, you know, we give you the opportunity to learn a little bit more about what's going on, you know, from, uh, as they call it, the proverbial horse's mouth. That's what you get to hear from is uh, straight from the horse's mouth about what's going on. You know, when you do that each week, you're going to become a person who is much smarter about what's going on and who who um, has resources and what those how you connect to those resources and how you support those organizations. And so uh, that's the reason to listen. I think I call this sort of in the in the uh, nonprofit world the tech, technical vernacular would be resilience building. What we're building is resilience factors, people that make people more helpful in the community and give people an opportunity to connect more effectively to resources and services. Today we're going to have two interviews, which is just great. I've been looking forward to these all week. I'm going to be interviewing our good friend, the uh, superintendent of the Nashua School District, Dr. Mario Andrade. He's going to be on with us. And then after that, after the break, we're going to be interviewing probably for the second, third, fourth, fifth time. I don't know. He's been on quite a number of times. He's sort of, uh, I think he's, I should give him an honorary certificate of attendance. And that is Charles O'Corey founder of the Thank You Project and leader of the Water Walk. And we're going to talk a little bit about that fabulous annual event and great organization. But before we do that, I'd like to talk just a little bit about what's going on these days at United Way, uh, because it is a lot. 
First of all, um, and this is related to the schools, but I'm going to point out that coming up on August 24th, that's Thursday, August 24th at 5 p.m. on the Public Library Plaza here in Nashua is the annual event known as Nashua Goes Back to School. Nashua Goes Back to School has been around for 25 years. Um, United Way, along with the City of Nashua and the Nashua Public Library and a number of leaders from the business community, um, including of course, Marianne Malizi Golia, who's been helping to lead this effort for a long time, and George Cadis, who is her partner in crime, um, helped to bring together the community around the back-to-school efforts, helping to make sure that our kids get launched successfully into the new school year. There'll be lots of opportunities to get items, such as backpacks and pencils and protractors and all the good back-to-school stuff you need. Uh, but there's also an opportunity to meet with your principals. Every single school from Nashua is going to be there and be represented by their principals and other staff members. So your kids will get the opportunity to meet their principals, meet their school teachers, and just uh, have a little bit of a get-to-know-you before school actually starts. So that's August 24th at 5 p.m. Nashua City Hall Plaza. There are also going to be a bunch of different nonprofits there with information about what they do. And so please look forward to that fun and free event um, sponsored by the City of Nashua, the Nashua School District, Nashua Public Library, and United Way. So we're looking forward to that. Um, a couple of other things which are really going on at United Way are, um, you know, this past weekend we had our annual um, school supply drive. We were at Staples stores on all day Saturday and all day Sunday. There are two Staples stores, Staples stores in greater Nashua and, uh, collecting school supplies for our school supply pantry. Now, you know, I mentioned the back to school event and that's a great opportunity to get started off on the right foot. But the question always is what happens, you know, a couple months down the road, there are low income kids who will not be able to afford a new backpack that maybe gets you know torn or broken or stolen or lost or they need or they need some more pencils or protractors or play-doh or notebooks and so uh, the school supply pantry at united way is a partnership that we have with an organization called the teachers and pause project and uh, named after one of my board members, Rodney Hansen, who died a number of years ago and was really passionate about education and young people. So we have the Rod Hansen Teachers and Paws Project School Supply Pantry at United Way. It's a mouthful. And uh, it's open year-round to administrators and teachers and guidance counselors from the schools who know they know who their kids are who need items and can't afford them. And instead of going out and buying them on their own dime, which of course, you know, let's be honest, we all know a teacher or two who've done that over time. They, uh, they come to the school supply pantry and they just get what they need. Simple as that. Um, you know, no questions asked. All we really want to know is, you know, what school is this for and how many kids are you supporting and what did you take and is there anything that we need to get that wasn't there? So we have this school supply drive this past weekend, but I want to point out it's also this coming weekend. It's a two-weekend drive. This coming weekend, Saturday and Sunday, all day, we will be at both staple stores collecting items for our school supply pantry. And uh, by the way, you can also just pick up some items, whatever you want, wherever you want, for school supplies and drop it off at United Way anytime this week and into the weekend. We have a bus, a school bus, actually, at United Way, which was 
provided to us by our friends from First Student, the local school bus transportation company. And we're trying to literally stuff that bus full of school supplies. So come on down, stuff the bus, donate some pencils, protractors, you know, Play-Doh, notebooks, backpacks, and uh, let's fill up that school supply pantry so it's there for kids all year round. All right, so what else is going on? On August 26th, for those who are less incl- are more inclined towards danger and excitement and also have a passion for helping homeless kids in the community we have our fourth annual skydive united and youth homelessness skydive united is a fundraiser specifically um, targeted to fund our youth homelessness fund at united way This fund is used for lots of different reasons, but all in support of homeless kids, kids who are housing insecure or outright homeless themselves up to the age of about 24, 25. But, um, you know, some of these kids live in shelters. Some of them live with their families. Some are on the streets. Some are, you know, in a transitional program like Stepping Stones. All of those kids need help and support. And so, for example, where do you go? Where does a kid go if they get their first job and they need to buy a, you know, maybe a work uniform for their first job? Well, you know, United Way can help support that through our Ending Youth Homelessness Fund. What about an organization like Stepping Stones that has programs that they want to fund? Well, they come to United Way, they get a grant from our Youth Homelessness Fund. So it's a great little fund. It does a lot of good work in the community, and the big fundraiser for that fund is Skydive United. Easiest information to find is right at our webpage, unitedwaynashua.org, unitedwaynashua.org. You go there, there's one of those pop-ups, it comes right up, talks about Skydive United to End Youth Homelessness on August 26th. It's a Saturday morning. We have 34 people signed up who've already raised almost $16,000, and we have two really great teams competing with each other. We have a team this year from the fire department and a team from the police department that are competing with one another. They're hilarious. They're like, well, you're too wimpy to do this. No, you're too wimpy to do this. Well, no, you're too wimpy. They're like going at it, and it's pretty great. There's a lot of testosterone in that, so it's pretty great. They're each you know, kind of doing pretty well. Right now, it's Fire Rescue has almost four grand in the kitty, and, and the police department has almost three grand in the kitty. So police have a little catching up to do, but there's still uh, um, you know, two to three weeks to do all of that. It's also a... Uh, team from St. Joseph Hospital, which is great. Every year for the last several years, they've actually sponsored their own team to participate. So Skydive United to End Youth Homelessness is on August 26th. And uh, just go to our website, unitedwaynashua.org, and you'll get some information about that. Simple as that. So that's about it for United Way updates. And uh, you know what? I think I might take a little bit of a break because you probably are sick of hearing from me. And you're going to hear from our sponsors. And then after that, we're going to have our interviews. And as I said, our first interview today, our first interview is actually the Thank You Project. I got them reversed, our Thank You Project. And that's at, uh, you know, in a few minutes. And then after that, we'll be interviewing Dr. Andrade from the Nashville School District. You are listening to the United Way Community Connections radio show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg, and we will be back in just a moment. I need to get some new shirts for my business. Just call Sal. Does he do screen printing also? Just call Sal. Does he embroider shirts too? Just call Sal. I also need business cards and brochures. Just call Sal. How about yard and lawn signs? 
Just call Sal. And promotional products to give my customers? Just call Sal. Who is Sal? I'm Sal. My wife Jennifer and I are the proud owners of Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. If you need embroidered or screen printed shirts, business cards, brochures, lawn signs, promotional products, and even personal protective equipment for your business or organization, just call me or stop by our showroom, conveniently located at 410 South River Road in Bedford, right off the Everett Turnpike. You can also visit our website at fullypromotedsnh.com. That's fullypromotedsnh.com. We are your one-stop shop for all your promotional needs. Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. Our business is to help you grow your business. Just call Sal. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in Southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care, or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive, or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections, or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. CrossNet offers IT services for small and medium-sized clients. We create tailor-made plans for your business's unique needs. From computer repairs to managing networks, servers and desktop services, CrossNet Inc. offers managed services, cybersecurity, data backups, virus, ransomware protection, web filtering, and more. For more information, go to CrossNetInc.com or call for your personalized IT services today at 603-810-1000. CrossNet Inc. IT services keeps your businesses running when you are on the run. Well, good Monday morning and welcome to the United Way Community Connections Radio Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. It's Monday, August 7th, 2023, and we are so excited to be on the air today bringing to you information about what's going on in Nashua, some of our community leaders and organizations that are making an amazing job, doing an amazing job, making our community stronger, smarter, safer, healthier, and happier. So I am here in the studio today with my good friend, Charles Okori. Now, I have introduced Charles Aron in the past as the Reverend Charles O'Cory. I have I also decide, have decided that he's Dr. Charles O'Cory because he's wise and he's deep and he's smart and he's a good friend, but he's actually neither a doctor nor a reverend. He's just Charles, and that's the way he would introduce himself, I'm sure. So Charles, welcome to the studio. Glad to have you with me today. Uh, good morning, Mike. Thank you very much for having me. What do you think about doctor? Is that good? Is that going to be, you no, know? My wife is a doctor. I'm not a doctor. Oh, so you'll get in trouble if I introduce you. As you'll, I don't want to cause you trouble on the home front. That's you correct, know that. Yeah. 
So, well, welcome again to the show. Um, you know, you run an organization, you founded an organization called the Thank You Project, and I know that people, I think, are pretty aware of the Thank You Project at this point. You're trying to help create, help give back and express thanks, and one way in which we're doing that is raising money and building, um, you know, wells to create safe water access in um, back in your, you know, home village and your wife's home village. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, our mission and uh, also everything we're doing, most especially the water walk. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, which is primarily the purpose that I I believe we have um, towards accomplishing our goals. Um, Our vision and mission is very simple and everybody understand it understands it um we are a non-profit that is born out of our appreciation and thankfulness for everything we have to show gratitude for it we are focused on giving back and our giving back is primarily focused in three areas provide water education and also we are going to build a community center i came from nigeria to the united states and it's totally different between what goes on here and what transpires in nigeria Um, nigeria is a country that has a population of over 200 million people and the last united nations report has it that over a hundred thousand children between the ages and of five and zero die annually in Nigeria because they don't have access to clean water. How many was that again, Charles? One hundred thousand children so, die annually because so they don't have because water. they don't have access to something which we take for granted. That's I mean, correct. I I mean, I tell you this morning, I got up in the morning. I made myself a cup of coffee with water that came right out of my faucet, and then I brushed my teeth, and then I took a shower, and then I made myself a protein shake, and like all of this stuff is just water coming straight out of my tap, and I just take it for granted. I don't even think twice about it, and um, you know, in other parts of the world, it is something which is just not accessible. It's luxury yeah. in most parts, especially where I come from. Or where I came from originally, mm-hmm. right? Um, water is luxury, and I feel it's most irresponsible on my part to stand idly by and watch this happen and watch fellow human beings die because they don't have water to drink, especially children. So you took upon yourself as an inspiration to make a difference and say, "What can I do? What can I do to make a difference?" That's correct, because I know they're not asking for something. They're not asking for technology. They're not looking for cell phones. They're not looking for the latest gadget or sneakers. It's just water. And I felt and convinced that this is something that is attainable we can do. Because I see it as primarily a question of 
our collective humanity. That when we come together as a people, as human beings, there is practically nothing that we cannot accomplish. And I know we can, in as much as we can't save the whole world, but just a little bit effort. I, I just, we did the math and they said, for 100,000 children, if we save, if we're able to save 1% of that number, you can imagine what it is, what that adds up to. That's a thousand children per annum. Now, but I'm not trying to, I'm yeah. not even aspiring to save a thousand children at this point. If we save 0.1% of that, that's a hundred children. And we could produce the next president of the country from saving that. Now you've, um, so the primary mechanism for doing that is raising money through the water walk, which is, I, I will say, as a fundraising guy, as you know, this is a lot of what I do, I look for fundraisers. Like you, your fundraiser is so elegant. It is visual, it is simple, it is low cost, and it is high impact. People raise money to participate in this thing, which involves carrying a bucket, bucket full of water, a certain amount of distance. Anybody can do it. People can do it if they're in a wheelchair. People can do it if they're, um, you know, on crutches. People do this in any number of different ways. If they're children, if they're old, everybody in between. People come with adults. You can do it in bad weather. Um, and you have done it in bad go, weather. Yes, we've had them. People go to the river, go to the streams in my village. Yeah. When it's raining or so, something. So you raise a little money to participate in this thing. And because it's such a low-cost endeavor and you're a volunteer organization, you also um, raise, you know, most of the money you raise can actually go toward what you're doing. And as a result of that, you've built a whole bunch of wells back in Nigeria. I, You know, looking on your website, it says well number six was groundbreaking in January of 2023. That's this past year. Is that your fi your most recent well? That's the most recent well, and it hasn't completed it's not completed. It has. It is completed. So yeah, you have six. So you have six seven. wells in operation. Yeah. Each well is capable of, of supporting approximately how many people? Five thousand people. That's so the projection. So five thousand people. So you have um, safe drinking water for thirty thousand people that did not have access before. That's just a humble beginning at this point. That is unbelievable, and that well, and those wells are. You know, a stable supply, and they're located right in the village, right? So kids don't have to walk. How far do how far do kids walk for this stuff? They walk like two miles. Two miles. They walk like two miles to go get water, dirty water. Yeah, those, the water they 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 fetch from those rivers. Those and they're strains. walking through dangerous conditions too, right? That's correct. I mean, I'm not kidding if I say there's like snakes and scorpions and flying critters and lions and you're not you know all of that stuff, right? You're not exaggerating. That's the reality. So, so you're actually literally saving lives because of the water and also because of how you get the water. That's it. And even beyond that, I realize that this impacts their life expectancy. Yeah, but most of them die off pretty early. Yeah, but with clean water. This goes a long way. Before you know it, we could add at least five years to their lives. If they were going to die at 50, 
they get to 55. I'm not talking of getting to 70. If I was going to die at 55, they get to 60. It's mostly children that get the water, right? Women and children. and children. Now, if I'm a child and I'm not having to spend half my day getting water, you know, what am I going to do in Nigeria? Like, I'm, Does that mean I get to play on my Nintendo all day? Or is there something better for me now? Nintendo, they don't know anything about Nintendo. So what do I do with my time then? Oh, they play around the village square, you know, run around. I know you know that. I know you know what the answer is that I'm looking for. It's go to school. Go to school. Yeah. You know this impacts their education too. Yeah. Because you know by the time they make these runs, these runs, they end up not actualizing their potentials yeah. in life because it really impedes on their progress. People that would have gone to college end up high school. People that would have gone to high school drop out after elementary school and go turn, turn out to be farmers. The girls get married. The boys turn to farmers for the most part. So it's, so it's really creating also educational opportunities and pathways for success, not just health. That's much more. There's a lot, a lot that goes with the water. How much do people fundraise when they participate in the water walk? Just about every water walk enables us to build one well. And each well costs between thirty and $35,000. Okay. Because these are community wells. And um, we... Tell people prior to this current walk, most of the money has been raised on the day of. But right now, we've expanded to other avenues for people to be able to raise. And what what money. are some of those avenues? We on our website we have Give Butter. Give Butter. You can form your team, a team, and just make donations with your friends you can we had um university of kentucky basketball team actually get involved in this because um one of the one of the basketball players is from nigeria and really excited and wanted to be part of what we're doing that's give butter beyond that we have um paypal too on our website we have venmo for people that are not into technology and all this we can still mail your checks to our I, I like when you say that, that you look at me because I'm old and I <laughs> everybody I know has Venmo but me. But you've done, so you've done a great job making it easy for people to give you. You can yeah. buy check. You can probably bring cash on the you day of the event. You can bring cash on the day of. Or you can use PayPal or Venmo, lots of different ways to give. By the way, your website is great. I'm Thank looking you. at it right now, and it's really – first of all, I love your website um, address because – it's really easy to remember. It's thankyouproject.org. Thankyouproject.org. Even kids remember that. Yeah, I know. Kids and people like me who are you know pushing senior citizenhood. Thankyouproject.org. And there's a tab right there for the water walk. But there's also other information about your wells that you've built. You can see pictures, some videos. I notice you're building wells in a couple of different villages. And yeah. so which villages are you doing this in? I'm doing, I, we're building the wells in my village, Ututu, and my wife's village, Achi. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the ones we started, the very first ones, because I used my village as a guinea pig, we 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 built the wells and they are being operated by generators because the electricity supply is not just spotty, it's almost non-existent in the village. So we had generators yeah. to facilitate that. But right now, we when we went to my wife's village, we transited, we're using solar panels because... It's sunny all year round. So we're trying as much as possible to take advantage of that. As that's, well as save the planet at the same time. That's, fanta- that's fantastic. And also um, doing this in your wife's village is just smart business for you as a human being because I know that if you just did it in your own village, you'd probably get in trouble. I, If I had my way, I would just do everything in my wife's village. In my wife's village, really. <laughs> Yeah. I can't even imagine that being a great conversation, Charles. I gotta be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. So. And it's changing lives. The people it's beyond anything that the people in those villages could have ever imagined. Because these are things governments are supposed to be doing. And they see individuals coming here. And the best part too is we try to not have any individual and we tell people if you wanna build a well, you can go build a well in the village yeah. and, and put your name on it. You, you wouldn't see Charles anywhere. You just see Thank You Project. Nobody has any attachment to those worlds. They're that's, public worlds. That's fantastic. I want to point people out also, Charles and I did a recent TV interview on Access Nashua, the local cable access station. And if you want to see a replay of that, you can go to the United Way of Greater Nashua YouTube channel. That's United Way GN YouTube dot com front front slash united way gn and in there if you click on playlists you'll see um, one playlist for a group of tv shows called living united with nashua business that's a series that i do filming once a month and on there you'll click into that you'll see living united with the thank you project it's about a half hour interview with me and charles and uh, you can learn a lot more about charles's story than you're going to hear you know, here today on the radio, but uh, that's one way to ch- connect too. So, Charles, when is this year's Thank You Project? Um, or, water or Water Walk, yeah. Yeah, the Water Walk is on September 16th. September 16th. At is that a Greeley. Saturday or a Sunday? It's a Saturday at, at Greeley Park. Starts at 8 a.m. The registration. The yeah. W- the walk proper starts from 9 a.m. And how long does it take? Um. It takes about two hours. Okay. Because we have, you know, after the walk, sure. sit down, that people, that's music, um, people hang out, activities, you know, just to have fun. It's basically for people to come together and socialize. I also educate people as to what goes on in other parts of the world. It's really nice for kids. Yeah, too. it is. And there's always a lot of kids too. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that people can, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do in Nashua to support our own community, but there's also some ways in which we can support the rest of the world. And this is one of those. Charles, we're out of time. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate um, that I will not call you doctor because I don't want to get in trouble with the wife. 
and Thank I won't you, and I won't call you a pastor or reverend because we have our faith community and they'll be like, "Oh, Charles isn't that." But you're just a guy who's amazing I'm and Charles. I and I'm so appreciative for what you're doing. Thank you for coming on the show today. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. All right, Charles Acori from the Thank You Project, sponsor of the Water Walk. It's thankyouproject.org. The Water Walk is coming up in September. Information is on their website. Lots of ways to give. I'm going to take a quick break now, and after the break, we'll be back with our second guest, Dr. Mario Andrade from the Nashville School District. You're listening to the United Way Community Connections radio show, and I'm your host, Mike Appelberg. I need to get some new shirts for my business. Just call Sal. Does he do screen printing also? Just call Sal. Does he embroider shirts too? Just call Sal. I also need business cards and brochures. Just call Sal. How about yard and lawn signs? Just call Sal. And promotional products to give my customers? Just call Sal. Who is Sal? I'm Sal. My wife Jennifer and I are the proud owners of Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. If you need embroidered or screen printed shirts, business cards, brochures, lawn signs, promotional products, and even personal protective equipment for your business or organization, just call me or stop by our showroom, conveniently located at 410 South River Road in Bedford, right off the Everett Turnpike. You can also visit our website at fullypromotedsnh.com. That's fullypromotedsnh.com. We are your one-stop shop for all your promotional needs. Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. Our business is to help you grow your business. Just call Sal. CrossNet offers IT services for small and medium-sized clients. We create tailor-made plans for your business's unique needs. From computer repairs to managing networks, servers and desktop services, CrossNet Inc. offers managed services, cybersecurity, data backups, virus, ransomware protection, web filtering, and more. For more information, go to CrossNetInc.com or call for your personalized IT services today at 603-810-1000. CrossNet Inc. IT services keeps your businesses running when you are on the Run. Edgestone Properties is a Since leading Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner. Well, good Monday morning and welcome to the United Way Community Connections radio show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. Today's Monday, August 7th, 2023. Um, our show is brought to you live on the air. We're live on WSMN 1590 AM and 95.3 FM. We're also streaming live on WSMN.live. And you can find, find us live on Facebook as well under the Community Connections radio show. You can even ask your smart speaker to play us. And uh, through some amazing miracle, uh, it will actually come right into your home. So I'm here with Dr. Mario Andrade. Mario is the superintendent of the Nashua School District. And he's on the show, I believe, for the first time, but maybe for the second one of the show. Have you been here before, Mario? This is uh, my first time, Mike. Your first time, but I'm sure this, is, this isn't this is your first time on the radio. It is not. So a little known fact. So when I first got out of college, my first job was working for a radio station. Your first job out of college. college right. So WZBG in Connecticut, Litchfield, Connecticut. I was writing radio station um, commercials, doing the sales and some behind the scenes work. So... It's funny to be on this side of the, of the radio. That so, is fantastic. So nobody right. knew this. So if this was one of those introduction things like, and tell me one thing nobody knows about you, that would be the thing. Little known fact, I was a horrible salesperson. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the best job. It was, yeah. it, was, it was great because I was a 22, 23-year-old kid. Yeah. And uh, just interviewing and listening to people's yeah. stories of mom and pops, like, like 
restaurants and trying to right. sell airtime. Air and then I felt so guilty listening to their stories that I couldn't actually charge them <laughs> for That's, advertising. Okay. But if, it was great. It was great. It if was you like, feel bad charging your customers, then right. you really are probably not cut out for sales. Right, That's okay. Right. You have to be ruthless about that. No. So it, I would listen to the fantastic stories of how people you know, cut their teeth, open up their businesses. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, and this is how much it costs. And I'm like, that, I couldn't get to that point. I'm like, we're the right, wrong audience. That is so funny. Well, um, welcome to our show show and i appreciate that story so this is your second year with yeah. the nashua school district yeah it's uh started my second year it's a great first year i can't um, believe the amount of great work that we did yeah um, all through just listening to the show talking about community partners that is one thing that i am amazed at just coming in here um, over the first year just learning of how the community wants to give back to schools with a simple ask and there's always somebody um, calling the office saying how can how can we partner what can we do to support our students you know I will say that that is not an exaggeration I hear that from you know, United Ways around the country as well. Um, there's, you know, United Ways that are in small towns and big towns. And, and we also hear in the state of New Hampshire about smaller towns and bigger towns. And I have to say Nashua is pretty, pretty unique, not totally unique, but pretty unique in this space of um, being collaborative across the board. And, you know, I, I think part of that is a lot of great nonprofits that are um, wanting to help, but it's also, I, I will also say, uh, kudos to the school district for being open to asking for help and be open for accepting help. You don't see that everywhere. I, I mean, I come across a lot of United Ways where the school where they say, well, you know, we can't even, we can't get into the schools to partner with them. And I'm like, what? You can't get in. That's not even a. There's not even a door here. We we just we just talk to each other. No, I, I totally agree. When I first got into administration, I get, I connected with this group and it talked about really insulating the educational pipeline from three through 25 and so we can control between 8 and 230 school hours yeah but there's so much more that goes on in a student's lives that we have to have a strong partnership and again whether it's families um nonprofits, sports organization churches um we are just a small a small but major component of a student lives but it has to be a partnership and families for and sure. guardians in schools can't do it alone we have to have that open mindset and look for any way we can partner and thrive together now i did mention at the top of the hour the upcoming nashville goes back to school event i know you'll you'll be there i know you were there last year right yes i was fantastic i was again another amazing community support where again as a superintendent you talk about schools not opening things up um, I was a, like, I felt like a guest. I had to show up, right? Like just yeah. be there, like greet the parents, greet students, um, visit all the tents. But really it was the community that came forward that was leading the charge on how do we support every single student in, in Nashua. And, and to me, like that was probably my fourth week, fifth week on the job. And I'm like, like this place is heaven, <laughs> right? Like, like I've died and gone to heaven. I mean, it, it was, it, it you was know, behind great. the library. It was, it was, yeah. The police department was there with their toys, all the tents, um, all the nonprofits. It was just like, that's what schools and the community should feel like. 
Yeah, I, I have to say that I agree. I did want to ask you before we... So two questions I wanted to ask you, very different from one another, is one, if you could like share with us some of the things that are going on in the school district that people maybe don't even know about or maybe know slightly about. And those are things like the new school at Fairgrounds or programs and curriculum changes, things like that. That's one question. And the other question is a little bit more the dark side. Like I want to also hear what keeps you up at night when it comes to education in our community. And why don't we start with that, if you don't mind? On the dark side? Yeah, and, if we and, don't. And positive? Yeah, <laughs> we'll end positive, right? I just, you know, I think it's important for us to know uh, what keeps our superintendent up at night. Yeah, um, Finances is one, right? And I think that's two big one, right? We always have to look at are we being fiscally responsible? Um, um, and then how do, we, how do we build and develop the best education opportunities for all students while being fiscally responsible? And what are those constraints? Um, I think right now where I'm looking at um, the last few years with COVID money and ESSER money, we're facing a funding cliff. We were able to do things over the last three years because of the, the COVID resources um, that'll be expiring next year. So how do we support and, and keep our infrastructure um, moving forward in, in how we're funding it when those dollars aren't going to be there? So this upcoming budget a year from now um, is going to be really difficult. So again, um, we need to think differently, um, move resources around so that we can support all students. And that's really keeping me up at night is where are these dollars coming from? The other one is, um, is there, a, can you just give us a, any sense of the scale of dollars that have flowed into our community through the COVID relief funds since 2020? Yeah. So, uh, and this includes construction as well. Of course. So, so um, Close to $50 million. Wow. Right. So, the, I mean, there was a very interesting article in today's Union Leader about, and it's a different subject, a different venue, but in the month of July, the state of New Hampshire experienced its first decline in revenues in years and has become very accustomed to lots of dollars, you know, coming in, not just through tax revenue and fees and whatnot, but also through the federal dollars associated with the pandemic. Right. And that is, of course, starting to kind of fade away, right? Right. So uh, just for the amount of professional development, the amount of teachers, paraeducators, wraparound services, we'll just say that that's anywhere between three and $4 million that's going to go away, right? And so to ask you know, the Nashua taxpayers to absorb that cost on top of our operating budget is a huge ask, right? But that's the infrastructure. So mm -hmm. we really have to have a, a close examination of where we're investing our money and then, but also provide those systems and, and supports necessary for all kids. So that right. is, um, you know, definitely keeping me up at night. Coupled with that is there's just not as many people coming into the education field as they used to be. So we have a shortage, not only in Nashua, but New, Ham New Hampshire across the nation. I was on a a conference call last week with about 15 superintendents across the country, and we were all facing the same thing. There yeah. was just not enough applicants coming into um, the education field. And again, whether that's um, an educator, a paraeducator, um, kitchen staff, crossing guards, we just don't have um, enough human capital um, 
in the system. So again, I think we have to rethink differently. And, and that's one where you want to be uh, true to our students. You just don't want to hire anybody, right? Like our students are treasures. So we just don't yeah. want a warm body or, or um, in front of our students. We want to make sure it's the best quality education we possibly can give our students. Um, we only have our students for 180 days a year and every day mm-hmm. has to count. So, um, so those are the two things that really. So staffing, staffing, human resources, human capital, and um, the dollars to back up yeah. running the schools effectively are the things that are keeping you up. Big issues, yeah. really big issues. Yeah. Um, by the way, I, I'm on your website, and I just want to make sure people know about the website. If you want information about the Nashua School District, go to nashua.edu. One of the things I would say I love about the website right away is this ability to translate into other languages. It's amazing. It's really an incredible tool. I was just, while we were talking, plugging away, like you click on the translate button, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of languages. I happened to click on Yiddish because I thought, well, you know, Yiddish, that's interesting. Well, and it takes an instantly translate translates everything on the website into Hebrew letters and the Yiddish language. So um, my challenge was getting out of that, to be honest, yeah. not getting into it. You couldn't read the Yiddish to, to go back to English? But it yeah. does beg the question, of course, when we talk about students in Nashua. Nashua is a very diverse community, right? And we, we always we talk about that a little bit. Do you have an idea of how many languages are spoken within the Nashua School District? 65 plus. More than 65 different languages are spoken by people within this community. We are not used to see What are the, some of the more common languages outside of English? Uh, um, obviously, Spanish, Portuguese. Um, we are starting to see more... Um, um, we know that we have like a Swahili population yeah, yeah. and um, uh, different African dialects okay. um, are coming in. Um, um, blanking right now but um i mean i know right across the top says portuguese espanol kiswahili which is which is an african language telugu same thing vietnamese um and then of course you have your translate button so a lot of different that must pose some challenges it it does and so typically when we think of ell services um um we're thinking of spanish but we're not looking at our students we have a um a growing population from students from India. So again, where, where are we find in those uh, translator mm-hmm. um, that is translating um, with families from India or from Nigeria. Um, so those are different resources where ELL is definitely mostly thought of as just Spanish speaking or Portuguese, which is probably the most common. But, right. Um, those smaller populations, um, different dialects in different villages. So, um, but it's amazing where again we have community resources that we can we can call an agency, right. we can call a phone number, and um, they'll connect us with somebody that will be able to translate for the families. I know in a lot of immigrant families that you know the kids are the first ones to learn the language, and they're going home and teaching their parents. Correct. Yep. 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 So, uh, which makes it hard to have those kind of conversations too. Of like, how does a uh, a mother or a father or a guardian or a grandparent help with homework or again that welcoming yeah. to a school where um it's not their comfort level um you know it, and i've experienced that as well my father um came to this country from portugal going into an american school um, right he came over when he was 17 right, right. so um so going into an american school 
he didn't know how it operated. He wasn't the first person going in for a parent conference night saying, hey, how can I help? You know, so um, he's like, I'm here to help and just tell me what to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So last couple minutes, I wanted to pivot, if you don't mind, to from the challenges to what are the big things going on? What are the big exciting projects? Of course, we have this big middle school being built. That's that's a given, right? So we we probably have – over a hundred million dollars worth of construction that's either just being completed or in the process. Um, so obviously the big um, construction projects are at the middle school. The renovations at Penichuk, the renovations at Fairgrounds Middle School um, to make them a little bigger, a, a little more um, uh, flexible in their spaces. Right. And then McCarthy Middle School, obviously. Right. So, um, and if you have the chance to go by there and drive through, it's you can see it. It is absolutely beautiful and as alderman dowd and i kind of talk at different places we're really talking about the brick and mortar right and really the the community investment into um having high quality top-notch 21st century schools but really what's going on behind the scenes too is we're having a lot of conversations on what does education look like in those buildings how is it transformational for the students um so that they have more voice choice empowerment student agency so not only are we building new schools we're trying to change the mindset at the middle school so that the students have um they're the lead learners that is such an important point i think that sometimes we forget about middle school it's like unintentionally like lost in the middle right right? you know i think we kind of all know what high school education looks like and you know that it's preparatory nature for going on to further education or entering the workforce. We get that. You know, in elementary school, that's the place where you learn basics like reading, writing, and arithmetic. But what happens there in the middle? So much of it is also social and environmental in preparation for high school. But coming out of this, you know, you're going from being like a little kid to being a young adult. Right. right. So I completely agree with that, and just. Um Oh, and move into a second thing. Um, at the high school, the little known fact, we're doing a couple of great things up there. Um, you heard last week when we met with uh, President Jordan at NCC about our cybersecurity program. But bigger yeah. than that, we actually are running a, a student voice uh, program. It's a portrait of a graduate. So we've been meeting with 50 students um, quarterly to talk about what does their experience look like in the Nashville School District, and we're hearing from them. So... One of the questions asked by the students to us is, how can you make me feel important in a, in a classroom in the hallway every single day? And that's powerful for students to say, I want to be heard and seen. And that's what their experience wants to be. So we're looking at expanding that question, not only at the, at the high school, but K through 12. So really, you know, at the high school, we're looking at a portrait of a graduate, right? Right. Rethinking what does the high school experience. So it's just not preparatory for the college experience. It's preparatory for life, right? Really that intrinsic motivation. At the middle school with the constructions, we're talking about what's the middle school experience right. look like. And then lastly, at the, at the elementary, we're looking at systems as well about um, our tier one instruction. So how do we lift all students to close the achievement gap. So yeah. really our tier one instruction. So really this year, our excitement is about looking at systems from a student perspective and making sure they, that they have agency, voice, choice, and empowerment. Amazing, so so much work going on at all different levels, some, some with the physical infrastructure, some with the human capital, some with the students. Mario, we're out of time. 
I, I think we could probably do this for uh, two hours, and we should probably plan a next another time to do this. Love to be back. So I'm just going to make the invitation. Come on down to Nashville. Goes back to school. Seek him out, Dr. Mario Andrade. I'm sure he'll be loved to love to talk with you and your kids and your families. Um, community members about what's going on in the Nashville schools. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you've been listening to the Community Community Connections radio show. Um, we'll be here next Monday. I'm not sure who I'm going to interview next week, but I can tell you it's going to be somebody you probably haven't heard from before. So join us at 9 a.m. on Monday on WSMN Radio and WSMN.live. And until then, please remember to be kind to one another because great things really do happen when we live united.